All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Uh, let's just have fun. It's a conversation, and we're just gonna get to know each other. Cool. You can ask me questions back and forth. I'll ask you questions, and then once we both feel like we're tired of talking, we'll cut it. <laughs> yeah, well, not like that, you know. <laughs> Somos amigos, not enemigos. <laughs> Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, what's going on? Welcome into another episode of the KZ Community Beats. I'm your host, Ross Martinez, in the hot seat this week. Um, this is an interview I've been trying to get for a while. I'm super happy we got this. I moved to Peoria and immediately was like, all right, I got to find a couple things. Taco spot. That's tacos for the uninitiated. And also, where can I find salsa, cumbia, bachata? You know, to dance a little bit to my soul. And I found out over at the Contemporary Arts Center in Peoria, they have salsa nights once a month. And I have the creators of that, Eduardo and Beverly Caballero. Welcome into the podcast. How are you guys feeling today? Uh, good. Thank you for having us, Rob. Thank you. You know, I can tell you, born and raised Southside Chicago. That's where I'm from. And when I moved down here, my friend Gabe told me, he's like, yo, you need to come out to Salsa Nights. I'm like, Peoria has Salsa Nights? I'm like, he's like, yo, they're amazing. Um, Beverly and Eduardo, they're awesome. They put on a great night. And I went, I'm like, yo. I don't think I sweated that much ever in Peoria. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys aren't originally from Peoria, though. No, we're both from New York City, Harlem. We grew up together, went to junior high school together. Um, that's where we actually met. So how in the world did you end up coming to Peoria from Harlem? Huh? Caterpillar was recru recruiting at the school of City College of New York. They made me an offer. They moved me out here. And you followed your sweetheart. Well, I, yeah, I was doing New York, New York University for about a year part-time and working. Got a little bit too much for me. And uh, so I decided, well, I might as well follow Beverly out here. Sounds like she has something good going on. And plus, I was in love with her. Oh, and before we turn the mic out, you told me that that, that was your sweetheart from, like, how did you know? Because I always like asking guys this question. How did you know this was the one? I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I did my little teenage running around, but, you know, after a while, I guess uh, the spirit led me to Beverly. What caught your eye about her initially? Her intelligence. Uh, she's strong-willed, and she's beautiful. Ah, she doesn't wear makeup, and she's beautiful. Look at that. You get compliments. Look at this man chumming you up. How does it feel knowing, like, from, from Harlem to now, you guys have been able to just be an efficient couple that's also doing positive stuff for the community like how does that feel well sometimes we you know because we do it for the love of the the music and we don't think much about it because we love it so much and we're glad that other people appreciate what we do we have heard over the years we the community you're doing a great thing for the community and thanks for for doing what you do that's amazing. I love that. So let's talk about these salsa nights. When do they happen? How often do they happen here in Peoria? Well, it's the third Friday of every month, and we do a complimentary lesson for the first hour. So we show people how to do salsa, merengue, bachata. And during the dance, we, we stop the music, and Beverly performs a cha-cha uh, lesson for everybody. Everybody gets behind us, and we just do simple cha-cha-cha steps and I think people really love that. And then we do play cha-cha during the, during the evening so they can get acclimated to that. Um, we also do like a snowball dance where we get everybody. We start off with two, a couple doing merengue. And then when I say switch, 
you go get somebody else and bring them up on the floor. And at the end of the song, everybody's up on the floor dancing. Look, That's I, how you get people up when they're sitting down and not sure they want to get up. I will say that. That led me to a date. Thank you very much for making that happen. Yeah. <laughs> if you're single, want to co-mingle. Yeah, yeah. So who, where did you guys find this passion for music? I got it from him, my husband. But I didn't have it prior to him. Prior to knowing him, I didn't have it. Were you always born with this inclination for music? And the... I think I was. I mean, most people in Harlem, you know, listening to R&B, and there were so many good acts back then. We used to go to the Apollo Theater, which is famous right now. I used to see all the all the goody uh, performers. I even snuck in a couple of times. I hope they don't come get me now. But you know, we used to <laughs> I think the, the statue's temp- up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we saw the Temptations, the Miracles. Jackie Wilson, Stevie Wonder, all of those folks, we saw them live and in person. And so that, you know, that, that really built up our uh, enthusiasm for R&B. But like I said, my brother, who was a year older than me, was really into salsa. You know, and then he actually got into a little band. And then, like I said, we started collecting albums. And uh, we used to start going to uh, places to dance. One of my problems with salsa was that I didn't know how to dance in New York City. <laughs> I would go to the clubs and sit there and let the music just go through me and watch all these beautiful people dancing. And I said to myself, I have to learn how to salsa dance, you know. I didn't learn how to salsa dance until I came to Peoria. Really? Yeah, Beverly can tell you how that happened. Yeah, how did, how did you move to Peoria to learn salsa? That's... <laughs> well, it didn't happen exactly in that way. Uh, when I was working at Caterpillar, there was an intern that says to, that says to us, uh, why don't you go to Bradley University? They're having salsa lessons. And so that was back in 2004, I think. And then we went there. And we discovered that we were taking lessons from a guy by the name of Burfan. Burfan is from Turkey. He also worked at Caterpillar. So we got our initial lessons from Burfan. And over a period of time, um, Burfan stopped teaching at Bradley. And then Eddie and I decided that we would teach at Bradley. So we took over where Burfan left off. But... That was our first introduction to salsa in Peoria at Bradley University. From a man from Turkey. That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I love that. I love the multicultural layers of all that happening. It just, you ever look back in life and be like, okay, that was kind of serendipitous for that to happen in order for things to kind of start growing and moving a certain way in your life? Yeah. We didn't know it would lead us this far, you know, um, yeah. We taught at Bradley for a while. We, you know, the students loved it. We taught many students how to salsa dance who never had that experience before. Um, we also taught them how to do casino, and we used to perform together. Casino is like a Cuban, what do they call it? Like a square, Cuban square dance. They, it's not a square dance, but it's similar where. Casino Rueda. Is what casino Rueda. It's similar um, where you have couples in a round circle, and then somebody makes a call, and we switch partners. And so we have different moves and different calls, and we switch partners to a song. And in that way, you also can teach salsa turns real quick instead of just going to a formal class huh. and breaking down everything a little bit at a time. Of course, you have to teach them what to do, but you learn a lot of things in a short period of time. And so that's how we did it, uh, Bradley. I will say, too, uh, Befran, the teacher, was also responsible for us st- doing some salsa nights at uh, Edie's Oasis, which was located on Farmington Road back in, I want to say, 2005, 2006. 
because Bufan re realized that Eddie had such a collection and he thought to himself, well, maybe he should share that. And so he got a chance to play uh, some of his collection at Edie's Oasis. And at that time, they were just charging like maybe $2 mm -hmm. to get in and it would be like from 7 to 12 or 7 to um, 11. So that's where we had our first start in offering salsa dances. And it was because it was such a novelty. I mean, it attracted so many different people. And we have friends to this day from that starting down at uh, Edie's Oasis at Farm in Farmington Road. From 05, 06 to 05, 06. 2023, about yeah. to be 2024, you yeah. guys have just seen a steady growth. Mm -hmm. Like, how does it feel to see the community through different generations just still supporting, still coming out? You still have your... Uh, locals that when I go, mm -hmm. I still see them every now and then. Like, oh, like Gabe, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. at every single yeah. one. How does it feel to have that connection throughout the years? I do want to say that was my first experience DJing music. I mean, I, I'm not a, I wasn't a DJ. I am now, but I'm a different type of DJ because salsa music. There's not a lot of scratching or, or a whole lot of other things. People want to hear the whole song, and you know, you can mix songs together and things like that, which I can do. But that was my first experience, and, and it grew to where I'm at now. But what we'd really like to see, I mean, our dance is more of an international thing, so you have different cultures coming there to dance. We've had uh, people, and by the way, we're responsible for at least seven marriages. Really? That is correct, at uh, least seven. I mean, you're responsible for me getting one date in the oh, past oh, year. We didn't, we didn't, know, we didn't know about that. <laughs> so I can say marriages. I'm not sure about connections or just relationships. You know what? I'll take the connection for me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. You yeah. also have that. You're able to bring culture and, and dance to wide range of people, but also bring people together with your passion for the music and just as a couple doing it together. That's awesome. We've had people come that were in their 80s and they didn't sit still either. There was one man in particular oh, yeah. And what he would like to do is ask the young ladies to dance, and they were thrilled to dance with him. But he was just, you know, he was just pleasant to be around. He, he didn't come to sit. He, he meant to mingle. <laughs> Don't come to sit, come to mingle. I love that. Now, the one thing, I give them the history of salsa because they don't really know what the word salsa means, where it came from, or how it got to where it was. So I start off with the, with the African experience from slaves coming over, to the United States, bringing their, their gods, their chants, and everything, landing in Cuba, where Cuba put a little bit more flavor to it, some charanga, some songs from the hills, and stuff like that, where it migrated to New Orleans, where Dizzy Gillespie was playing Latin jazz. He incorporated this guy named Chono Pozo, a real dark-skinned black man from Cuba, to help them with music, and that's where they kind of got into Latin jazz. Huh. They helped them do that. After it left uh, New Orleans and went over to the big cities, San Francisco, Chicago, and New York. And in New York is where the term salsa comes from because from uh, one of the artists was looking at women dancing and stuff, and they said, oh, look, she's so hot. You know, she's like, like a hot pepper and a hot salsa. And that's where the word Salsa comes from. I mean, that's it's where it comes from. Cheo Feliciano, the Puerto Rican singer, he's the one that really coined it. Salsa. I've been dancing salsa for thirty something years, and I did not know that. That's, so yeah, you, that's the roots of salsa. You know, if you ask people 
So where did, where did salsa come from? People say Spain, Mexico, this, this, and that. The actual roots are from the roots of African, African people. Really? Yeah. Huh. And besides salsa, you also play cumbia, bachata, merengue, oh, yeah. Yeah. all this. And do you have any other history lessons behind those other uh, peoples, the, the bailar? Not really. I know merengue is primarily from uh, Dominican Republic. And bachata is also from, from the Dominican yeah, Republic. Yeah. But they do a lot of merengue in Puerto Rico, too. It's a, like a different beat to merengue, but they do merengue in Puerto Rico, too. And cumbia, I don't know, is that Mexico? Or is that Cumbia is Colombian and Mexico. Colombian yeah. and Mexico. Okay. There's two forms of dancing, one on the, on the heel and one on the tip, I think, from what I got oh, told. For uh, the cumbia? Yeah. You got uh, the Mexican version, which I think is on, on, the, on the heel of your foot? I don't know. I'm not good at it. <laughs> I've got to come and learn. Ah. Yeah, yeah. But that's amazing just to see. And not only at the, was it the, the Contemporary Art Museum is where you guys are located? Contemporary Art Center. Center. But you also have other areas in town that you go out to. So what are the other venues you guys host events at? Mackinac has been uh, a, a pretty current with us for the last three years. And from time to time, we've been asked to do it at various venues. Like we spoke about earlier, we went to the Speakeasy in, in Pekin, and that what we did that for about a few years. And then we uh, did a few um, venues. No, we did one venue, and no, we did two venues in Bloomington. The first Bloomington venue, we did McLean County Museum, I believe, or Art Center. And I think we did the Clarion Hotel also in Bloomington. And the last, the late, the latest one was at Park Regency Hotel. We did a we did two less we did two sessions there so we and uh, we've also done jazz up front in bloomington oh so that's the our bloomington um betty jane oh and then uh we do bet we've done we did betty jane uh, up, in the heights. up in the heights for about a year and a half and um i can't think of any others at this point you just been everywhere, kind of. It seems yeah. like you just, just, just trial and error. We did one in Forest, Illinois, this year. We were that was asked about an hour and a half from here. We were asked to be a part of a, some kind of heritage festival in Forest, Illinois. Um, but then those are just one and off type things. We also been asked to do special occasions, whether it be a graduation. We've been asked to do weddings. We've been asked to do um, uh, schools. Schools. As a matter of fact, we did a. We did a group thing at a church recently, St. Paul University, St. Paul, Paul Baptist. Baptist Church, and it was for the marriage ministries. And what they wanted to do is a way of connect, wanting the mar marriages become stronger. And they believe through dance because there is a connection between mm -hmm. uh, leader and follower. And so we did that there for, and we had about 40 people there when we did that uh, one Friday. Nice. So that was, we did that at a church. We also did, um, we did another church too. We did some uh, lessons there. Um, I can't think of it. Um, but anyway, that was two churches that we've actually gone there and taught lessons. And we've taught little kids at public school 150. So you just, young generations, you're getting them young oh, to get yeah, accustomed to salsa. We, we, we taught through Art Inc. Yeah. Uh, we did. We taught at that location as well as the public schools. So we've been to some of the public schools. Um, so let me ask you this: for anybody that has not ever deep dove into salsa, 
what are some main artists for somebody that's just brand new to the the genre of salsa that you can like check them out you'll get a good stroke of what salsa actually is Cello Feliciano, not the blind Cello Feliciano. <laughs> the, there's another guy called Cello Feliciano. He's passed away. Victor Manuel, uh, Joe Cuba. There's a lot of, there's so many artists, you know. But you don't want to lead them into artists that play descargas. Descargas are real fast, you know, that me and Beverly probably could dance to them and stuff. You want something real, uh, what they call romantic salsa. Romantic salsa is nice and smooth, you know, the music's not real fast. And if you're practicing, you can pick up on it a little bit easier than something that's too fast or middle, middle of the road. So let's say. What about a, a Mark Anthony? Mark Anthony. Oh, yeah, Mark Mark, Anthony's pretty. Yeah. Th- I, got that's how I got my introduction. When I oh, started yeah. listening to some of his, I really hooked into him. I really liked the way he sings. Yeah. A lot of the old school salsa is really good for that. Um, a lot of the new salsa, since the old generation is dying off, those salseros. A lot of the salsa now is a little bit fast. You know, mm. It's just real peppy and stuff. And I guess young people could dance to it because they're young, you know. <laughs> but back in the day, it was smooth. You know, you, you, you needed to look smooth. You dress nice, you know. Anymore, it's not like that, you know. No, nah, I wore a fedora to salsa nice. I'm trying to dance slow, brother. But that was good. <laughs> but that was good. Fedora is, is cool. Yeah, with a Hibaridos type of shirt, yeah. One thing we like, and we really appreciate it, when we go back home to visit, we like to go to the barrio, and Mm -hmm. it's called La Maqueta. And what we discovered is that there are a lot of older people that really have a a different way of dancing. I mean, it's cool, it's smooth, it's not a whole lot of uh, theatrics, and they just really enjoy the dance, and they don't care who's watching, but they, they have been at it for so long, but... We just like to go and see and witness them and witness what they're doing because it's just kind of relaxing to watch them. And they're not very super fancy, but they, I mean. It's I, like they, effortless. It they, is. But they move so smooth. And it's just like breathing. It's yeah. just second there's nature. A, there's a lady there who has to be in her 90s, and she's up with all the rest of them. Really? Yes, she is. And yeah. she just moves to her own beat. You know, it doesn't matter. They come with their little folding chairs, and they hit. They have live. These, by the way, we're dancing to live music at the uh, Maqueta. And so we like to do that when we go to visit during the summertime. Now, you've touched on it a little bit. You said that through the generation, salsa has kind of um, gotten faster. Has it also evolved in other ways? Or is that the main one that you see just speed? That's what I see, you know, just speeded up a little bit. You still have romantic salsa, which can be played and you can learn from, but the majority of, of the salsa that's coming out is, is fast. Now, what I try to play is smooth smooth salsa. You know, I, I play a mixture of uh, something a little slower, something middle of the road. Not too many descargas, which are too fast for anybody. Now, hey, you make me if look If you don't good. know how to dance, you can just get up there and do whatever you want to, you know, but I try to stay away from that when I'm DJing. No, hey, the the slower ones make me look good, about the way. I like it. I appreciate it. Right, right. <laughs> Once you play the bachata, that's more of my speed. <laughs> right, bachata, very nice. Um, as we're, you know, doing more events, we're growing, what are some big plans you have moving forward? Any cool events that we have on the horizon? I think we have one this Friday. This Friday, yeah. And the thing with Salsa and Peoria, um, doors close and God opens other doors for us. So we never know what, what's next. I know that the Contemporary Arts Center is there because that's our home base. And we've been down there since 
2006. 2006 until now, so. Yeah, we had the director from a Contemporary Arts Center saw what we were doing up in uh, Farmington, Edie's Oasis, and what he was interested in is someone coming to play uh, music, but at the same time he wanted someone to come and teach. And at that time, neither Eddie nor I, we could teach. We could dance, but we couldn't teach it. So what we did is Ed came down to the Contemporary Arts Center, and he played the music, and Burfan, our original teacher, he came down to the Contemporary Arts Center, and he taught. And so over, over a period of time, Eddie and I got to the point where we could teach, where we could teach together, and then he became the, uh, the DJ. But many times, uh, a lot of times, we'll go to places, they, don't want, they want not only someone to play the music, but can you teach? And they're looking for very basic stuff. And so here then, that's when we te go to some slow teaching music mm -hmm. and slow salsa because we recognize that it catches on a little bit quicker. I do love, I love how the times I've been there were, it's about like an hour and a half into it, something like that from what I remember. Someone will get on the mic and be like, all right, everybody stand up. Look at the partner next to you, grab them, start dancing. You're like, all right, next. Then you start dancing with somebody new. But it's a great way to network and get to meet yeah. people. And not only that, but you're there having fun. You're dancing. What we like to think of is as you, if you come for the lessons, there's an opportunity to see and meet others. And so hopefully throughout the dance, maybe you will be open to someone asking you or you asking someone else. Again, we remind people that is a social social. And that's a way to connect. And also something that we do that's been fairly big is, what it, big is called the birthday dance. Hmm. So what, what happens is that for, the, for any given month, we'll say who, have a month, who has a month in, in a, say for instance, this particular month is October. We'll put the request out there who's a, ha, who has a birthday. And all the birthdays, all the birthdays in October will get on the dance floor. And they'll get they get in the circle, and then those who have the birthdays, and then they are around, they are surrounded and serenaded by those who don't have a birthday, and they're used to various instruments. Um. Like for instance, this is the month of October, which happens to be my husband's birthday. Oh, Felicia! So, so <laughs> hopefully he'll get into the center, and the rest of us will just serenade around him. And then every and now and then, and the, those that are doing the walking around will go to the center, grab him, and dance with him for a few, and then go back. And then someone else will come in, so that's what that's one that's another way of engaging other people. And many times you don't even know who it is that you're dancing with. But yeah. But you get out there, and and in the meantime, I think it's a lot. It said it does a lot for those who are having birthdays, because now the attention is on, is on them, and someone is asked is going to actually dance with them that they probably wouldn't have all, wouldn't have even thought about dancing with. Have you seen a lot of people who come in as first timers, never done salsa or bachata or anything, yeah. and then a year later or two, they're so frequent that they're like, "Oh, now you're teaching." Well, some, <laughs> some, some. Yeah, some. some. And, you know, we we do that sort of stuff to keep it interesting, you know, because if we're just sitting there playing music, yeah. you know, people get tired of that. You need to get them up somehow, you know. And engage them, right? You need to engage them. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I'm happy. I, I'm happy. I finally got to talk to you guys and hear the story. I mean, the fact that you used to sneak into the Apollo. <laughs> I, I got so many questions about that before we end, just because I like I like to hear these stories. So, who are, you said you see Stevie Wonder, The Temptations, Miracles, The Miracles. Now, now the way one of the ways he got into the to the Apollo mm -hmm. was he snuck in through the ladies' powder room. <laughs> How? I had he, to he climb a black, a black 
uh, wall with barbed wire on the they, top they of it. Had, they had uh, uh, what they call those fire escapes outside the building. You climbed the fire escape. He must have climbed the fire escape. Well, yeah, we climbed the, the, the wall somehow. I forgot oh, how we did it. Oh. And then we jumped over the barbed wire, landed somewhere, the and then we jumped room. down again to the, and the lady's powder room was right there, and we snuck in that way. Then you I get, shouldn't be talking about this, right? <laughs> <laughs> that no, was back good. in the day. That was back in the day. <laughs> now so he's I'm a responsible person. I don't do that anymore. He's responsible. He's yeah. here to teach you good things only. <laughs> right, right. Don't do as he did. Do as he says. <laughs> but that's cool. Like, what, what are some... Now that you've been doing this for how many years have you been now doing uh, Salsa Nights? 2007. No, no, no. I'm going to say, two, if, if you count in the 80s, 2004, 2005. Oh, goodness. <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean to you f to be able to do this for so long and efficiently and seeing a lot of people actually take joy in what you do for the community? I, you know, not in my wildest dreams. I would have never thought that would happen. And the years go by so fast. Now, when she mentions the dates, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, it was... That far back, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. but it's just every year, just we're just doing it, doing it, doing it. The next thing you know, we, we never, we never thought we would be where we are today. Right. We just, it just never, we never visualized it, not at all. Because I, I don't think Peoria is a salsa town, mm. for one thing, you know, um, especially when, like right now, Bradley. I, I wish I was still teaching at Bradley, but they're not. They're not into salsa, I don't think, Bradley University. Or it could be the university itself and money. I don't know. You know I think it has a lot to do with the student population. If, in fact, they come there with a, a passion. Like, for instance, we got started with salsa because the students heard about it and they said, let's form a group. And they wanted to, 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 to form the salsa, the Bradley Salsa Club. So we had a salsa club at Bradley. Oh, how long ago was that? That We started back in 2008, 2009, and then I think we ended it back in 2019. Well, I had a good run. We it did. Could it happen did. again. It did. So it depends on the student population, really. Like right now, tonight we're going to Bloomington to dance. They have a Spanish club at ISU, mm -hmm. you know, and they, they bring in groups. They bring in singers and what have you. They get parties. And that's mainly what we would have liked to see at Bradley also, you know, but they're doing it in Bloomington, so we go over there and dance. Oh, ojalá, maybe it happens here again. You never know. Yeah. It's free tonight, by the way, if you want to come. Ah, free tonight in Bloomington. Yeah, I'll have this edited and posted up today. Tonight, it might yeah. be a possibility. I got to see how the rest a of my works. A, li a live band from Indianapolis. Yes. Oh, really? Nice mm -hmm. live band. Saceros? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <sighs> Why you got to do this to me on a work week? Sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I think it just fell into our laps about, what, Yesterday. two days ago, and that's when we realized. And so once we realized that we started sharing with others, just in case they, in case they wanted to uh, partake mm. in that. Yeah. But this Friday, we have it going on. Yes, oh, yeah. do. Talk to us about the event happening Friday. Tell everybody about it. Let's get them down. Let's get them dancing salsa and having a great time. Well, the, the best thing about the Contemporary Arts Center that is, you get a complimentary le one hour lesson, okay? You can bring your own booze, your own drink, if if you're 21 and over, you know. Although they sell soda pop, uh, water, and ice, and it's only $8. Yeah. There's nowhere in Peoria that you'll find any venue like that, that you for bring, $8. For you, you can bring your food and your spirits. Bring your food also, you know. You cannot beat that anywhere in Peoria. So that's an attraction, you know. And then, of course, uh, I've been playing music for a while, and um, I don't want to get big-headed, but, you know, people know... You're good. You know, people know what I'm playing, and they, they like it, and they're dancing. So, 
I guess that's where they come. And from time to time, we'll get requests, and we're trying to we will yeah. try to accommodate them if at all possible. But uh, and what's the time frame on the event, Friday? Uh, Eight thirty to nine thirty is the complimentary lesson, with the price of admission. And from nine thirty to twelve, I spend until until twelve a.m. in the morning. So eight to midnight, we go out and have a great time here in yep. Peoria. And look at that. And for any information or to stay on top of, how can they get in contact with you guys? Um, probably the best thing to do is call the Contemporary Art Center. Um, I don't have their number offhand, but if I'll put it in the up, bio. Yeah, uh, if you can call up there, and they'll give you all the information that you need. And there's other venues going on at the Contemporary Art Center also. You know, it's a nice place to to see art or. Mm -hmm. Other performances, they have Whisper and Shout, they have First Fridays. There's a lot going on, you know, and that's a, uh, a good place to be in Peoria because there's not that many places to go and just have a good time, you know. This is true. You can also contact us through uh, Edward's uh, Facebook, Facebook page, DJ Caballero. DJ Caballero and on so Facebook. We'll have things posted on that as well. I, I do love the Art Center because as I'm hearing salsa, cumbia, merengue, bachata, all that, I'm taking a walk through the little art exhibit they have in the back, and it just brings me so much passion. I'm like, yo, this is cool. You see all this local art, and then you hear the the Latino music in the background, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is... It's the ambiance is really nice, and you get to BYOB, come in with your friends, even if you want to go single by yourself. Yes. We'll find somebody for you to dance with. We will. <laughs> Before we end the podcast, let me, I like to ask everybody that comes down this question. So, we all have stories we tell, we all have purpose and meaning. And as somebody looks into our stories and sees the actions that we do and all the great we do for our community, for you and your guys' story, I can ask you individually or together as a unit, how you like to answer. What would you like people to take away from your story, your journey, everything you've done? What would you want people to know when they're done reading your story? Well, for me personally, coming from Harlem and being in a lot of trouble when I was a teenager, you know, that I found something that I really liked and uh, I kept at it. Um, I didn't want to give up. You know, in the beginning, it was very hard to learn how to dance. But I kept at it, I kept at it. I guess there was a passion inside of me. And I always put the Lord in it, in, in my story because that's what got me here today, you know. Uh, and I don't want to be real religious about this or anything, but, you know, there's something out there that will help you if you ask. Hmm. I guess for me is that um, I didn't, I, I, I stepped out of my comfort zone because, I again, I, I heard the music and I danced a little bit when I was in New York, but... I didn't really delve into it a, a bit. I don't, you know, prior to us getting into it, our brothers, our bro his brother and my sister, they used to dance salsa, but we didn't dance when they were dancing. But so we, you know, we did, we did uh, learn how to dance when we got here. But I will say this, we did step out of our comfort zone. And now that I did, I'm, I'm surprised that I have really, um, really gravitated to it far more than I ever thought possible. And so I'm getting joy out of it that I never even envisioned. I love that for you and guys. Also, I tell people a lot of times that Beverly's a better dancer than me, but I'm a better DJ than she is. <laughs> <laughs> Believe him. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I love you both together because I will say the the handful of times I've been able to get out of work and actually go and have mm -hmm. and, and dance, sit down, meet, network a bunch of people. I think I've, I've been able to interview four different people because I met them there and okay. got to know them. So you guys have been extremely beneficial to me personally. Mm -hmm. 
But also, coming from Chicago, where I would go out at least once a week to dance bachata or cumbia, mm -hmm. wasn't that great at salsa. I'm trying to get better. To have a place here in, in Peoria where now I live, it, it, it puts a smile on my face. I know at least once a month I got somewhere I could go dance and experience my culture. And it reminds me of a story that someone says, you know, throughout the week, you know, he's working and he's doing various things, but boy, does he look forward to that Friday for salsa. He just really gets all worked up to go to salsa. That was Houston. Houston. He yeah. one of one of our good dancers that are no that's no longer with us in Peoria, but he's he's still around. But this is what he really looked forward to. And as a matter of fact, speaking of Houston, we used to do salsa socials at his restaurant, which is called Faux Noodle House. We did that for a period of time in East Peoria. Yeah. So. Look at that. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I I find ironic is that we teach a lot of people how to salsa dance, but since Peoria is a transit community, we lose a lot of good dancers. They come and they go. They come and go, so we, it's mainly we're teaching beginners a lot, you know, and then there are some intermediate dancers, but a lot of the dancers that we taught that got better, you know, they take other jobs in other cities. But the silver lining in that? Yeah. Is you're, you're the first introduction, introduction to a lot of people salsa and you're starting them down a path that they can't go back from the beat got them the beat got them that's it <laughs> yeah, sabe, yeah you know what i mean once yeah. you once the south side kind of yeah. gets you i mean look at you guys look at where life's taking you from harlem to here mm -hmm. south side caught you right and ain't letting you go, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> any last words for the audience anything you want people to know about you guys or anything you want them to know to entice them to go to salsa nights and one thing I guess I would say, you know, I always ask them, I always tell them, don't try to do what I do. Be the best that you can be. Because that's what we want to nourish and develop, your skills, wherever you are. And so just be the best that you can be. All we ask is that you give it a try. That's all you got to do. Just come out, let the beat grab you. That's been another episode of the KZ Community Beat. I'm your host, Ross Martinez. A big thank you to my guests, Eduardo and Beverly Caballero, the creators of Salsa Nights here in Peoria every month at the Contemporary Arts Center of Peoria. To get more information, give uh, the Contemporary Arts Center of Peoria a call, and they will get you in contact with Eduardo and Beverly and also their Facebook page. Uh, the Facebook page is what again? DJ Caballero. DJ, DJ Ed Caballero. Oh, it is? DJ El, okay. El Caballero. That's C A B A L L E R O. Palante. Y también. And go back, check out the episodes, and come out and dance. If not, we will go to your house and dance in front. Hasta luego, everybody. Have a great time. Thank you. Appreciate you Thank listening. You.